So we're going to be ready for Bible study tonight. Yes, amen. All right, so we're going to start in uh, Colossians chapter 3 and starting in verse 12. Well, my title is Live Forgiven. But I'll tell people. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no I was going to read the verse first and then and then pray. That, no, it's okay. But we're good. Um, we're going to start in verse 12. Um, Since God chose you to be holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourself in, t- in tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of God that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. So, amen. Let me, um, I'm going to read it also from the message translation because I just like the way Eugene Peterson said this. It says, so, chosen by God for for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe of God picked out for you. So this is a wardrobe that God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, and discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, and quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and as completely as the Master forgave you. And regardless of what, what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Amen. Amen. So we're going to actually, um, we're starting a series today called Live Forgiven. Live Forgiven. So this is going to be part one. And um, so let's go ahead and pray and, and ask the Lord to be with us as we break open his word. And Father, we just thank you for your word to us today. We thank you for gathering us here, Lord God. And I, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping me to communicate what you've put in my heart for now, for this message, Lord God. I thank you for the freedom that comes with your forgiveness. Thank you for the truth that sets us free, Lord God. And we just commit this time to you. We thank you for attentive ears and hearts, open hearts and minds, Lord God, to hear your word. We thank you for transformation that comes when we look into the perfect law of liberty. And we bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. So forgiveness is a topic that we as believers, we kind of hear about all the time. Um, when I say I'm going to talk about forgiveness, some people think about um, being forgiven of their past, you know, everything that they did in their past. Some people are thinking about the wrongs that they've done that they still need to ask forgiveness for. Some people are thinking about people that they're having a hard time forgiving. So, but, so when you say forgiveness, it can kind of, um, paint a broad stroke um, because it affects every area of our life. And I've really, I've kind of been on this journey for a long time. I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony with you. Um, I grew up um, in my home. I was the I was the first grandchild on my dad's side of the family. He was the second oldest. And so I was the first grandchild. So uh, he had his youngest sister was my babysitter and my playmate. She was only about 10 years older than me. And so when we would play and um, kind of she'd do something that would upset me or, or something, she would just say, Shannon, can you forgive me? 
you know, this was something that she would, she would just, instead of, that's the way she would apologize. Said, Can you forgive me? And, and that was my first introduction to the word forgiveness. It's like, can you forgive me? And, um, so it's, that's, that was my first idea of forgiveness. And then as I went on, I grew up in a Catholic home. So that meant second grade. Before you can have your first communion, you have your first confession. <laughs> so, um, so in the Catholic, um, tradition, there are seven sacraments and one of the sacraments is the sacrament of reconciliation which they also call the sacrament of confession or the sacrament of penance, which is kind of crazy to me because it's like three completely different words, but they use them so interchangeably. Um, so, um, and that's kind of one of the reasons for my study and for kind of getting deep into it because there's so many words that get kind of tossed around and we interchange one for the other and not really understanding that's why we can't always grasp the truth of what's going on if we don't know what what we're speaking about if we're speaking about reconciliation or if we're speaking about penance where we're like punishing ourselves to try to appease god you know there's a difference um so anyway so the sacrament of um, reconciliation if you're not familiar with it is basically you go to a priest in a private room and you give them a litany of your sins everything you feel like you've done wrong and then the priest will pray for you absolve you of your sins and now you're free you are now holy enough or clean enough to be able to partake and participate in communion so um you know there's an act of contrition prayer that you have to pray and says, I'm sorry with all of my heart and for choosing to do wrong. And you, you basically just just take full responsibility. And with your help, I will do penance and avoid all the sin and everything like that. So it, it's it's very much based on your willpower, you know, of being able to avoid sin and and begging for forgiveness and um so after that the priest prays your prayer and you're free to go and um and you're free to have communion now i always like communion because in in communion in the catholic tradition they believe that because it becomes the body and blood of jesus in their understanding when they receive that they say that's the moment when jesus is coming into your heart and during that time you know after you've received communion and you're kneeling that's when you can talk to Jesus just directly to him. And so it's like this, the sacred moment. And so it's a time of reflection, but you can talk to him. And I remember being a little girl and feeling God's love on me during that time. It was so precious and it's impacted me even to today, you know, where I, you know, the songs that were sung you know, talking about I've called you by name and you are mine and all these kind of things that are singing in the background. And it's like, and I'm hearing the voice of God saying, yeah, that's for you. That's for you. And, and so, so I so enjoyed communication with Jesus and that intimate moment. Uh, but I couldn't do that without first going into the reconciliation and laying down all, you know, litany of all your sins and everything like that. So it's like this relationship that I had with Jesus was connected to a relationship with sin. 
Okay. So um, when I graduated high school, I started visiting non-Catholic churches, God forbid. But <laughs> I started talking to Protestant friends and I learned, okay, well, no, you don't have to go to a priest. Jesus is your mediator, you know. So, okay, so now I can go to Jesus. And then I got introduced to the idea of a sinner's prayer. And here we go again. So before you can have a relationship with Jesus, you have to say that you're a sinner and that you're no good and please help me, please forgive me, all this kind of thing. So, so, so again, your relationship with God was dependent on you first being able to uh, confess and say, I've done so wrong. And um, so... So, and depending on what church you went to, the, the prayer was a little bit different. Basically, it says, I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. You died for my sin. You rose from the dead. And I invite you to come into my heart. And so um, this is this is a tradition that we've picked up. Um, but it always puts the sin issue on the front. Um, but once you do that, once you pray the prayer and everything, you receive God's love and you receive God's forgiveness and you feel so free. You feel so much lighter. And um, I remember the moment when I when I first felt that. Do you all remember when you first had that moment? And what did you feel? You felt light. You felt joy. You felt happy. You felt alive. You felt loved. And. That is this moment of knowing that you're forgiven. Now, why can't we live in that euphoria all the time? Why can't we do that? One thing I think is because we still mess up. So we have this moment where we feel all clean and beautiful, and then we make a mistake and we feel like everything is forfeited. It didn't work or it um, it it messed it. What I did messed up what Jesus did. You know, and if we if we don't have an understanding of how complete the forgiveness is, then we will live in that cycle of brokenness and feeling like um, um, everything I try to do, I'm not measuring up or God is the big wooden spoon in the sky. (laughs) I have a friend of mine who referred to him like that. And I was like that. It's Jesus came to show us the father. Right. And so you don't see Jesus approaching to anybody like that with that kind of anger or aggression or disappointment even you know and he came to show us the father so so did our sin negate our born again transformation do i should i go say the sinner's prayer again and get born again again and how many times do i need to do that is there our behavior separating us from god and we'll go to romans 8 in verse 31 and i'm going to read it from the message translation because again, I like it. I think sometimes we hear scripture sometimes in a translation that we're familiar with, and it just kind of, I'm not saying falls on deaf ears, but sometimes it's so routine to us, you kind of know what's going to happen next. So I like looking at these other translations to bring a freshness to the word. And so in Romans 8, starting in verse 31, it's like, so what do you think? <laughs> with God on our side, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen ones? Who would even dare point a finger? The one who died for us, who raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us. 
Do you think any anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There's no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. They kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We're sitting ducks. They picked us off one by one. But none of these things phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. He holds us so close. He holds us so tight. And and for us to live as his children, to live in a position of being insecure and uncertain, there's just no need for that. There's no reason for for that at all. That's nothing but the thief. That's nothing from the thief trying to steal away that that awareness of God's love. There's nothing that can separate us from his love, but sometimes we can be blinded to the awareness of his love. And so that's what that's why we come together and that's why we edify each other. Do you know that once you're forgiven, you can't be unforgiven? It's impossible. Forgiveness is a gift that has been given to us by God. And once he's given us, given it, he is never going to take it away. And I believe that the reason that many Christians are not experiencing the joy of their salvation is because they haven't fully embraced the truth of the completeness of their forgiveness. So we're kind of we're going to start with giving you some definitions and breaking down the word. Then we'll look at the we'll look at the scriptures. Um, Webster's dictionary defines forgive the word forgive. It's a verb and it says to pardon an offense or an offender. Um, and then it also says to be used with an object to grant pardon or remission of blank, to give up a claim of account or remit blank. So you give up the claim for it. Um, you grant pardon to a person, uh, to cease to feel resentment against a person, to cancel an indebtedness or liability. And so like you're forgiving an interest on the loan or something like that. So most often the word is paired with an object, like I said. So if I walked up to Geraldine and I said, Geraldine, I forgive you. And her first question was like, okay, but for what? <laughs> you know, what are you forgiving me for? You know, and, and it's like because if she doesn't know what it is that I'm forgiving her about, then it doesn't make sense. So it's there's an object. So in the word, we are forgiven of debts. We're forgiven of transgressions. We're forgiven of offenses. So debt is something that you owe. A transgression is a breaking of a law or um, a rule, code of conduct. An offense is an annoyance uh, or a resentment that, that's brought on by a perceived insult. So if she just looked at me funny, I perceived it as an insult, and then I said, okay, I forgive you. It's like she's like, I wasn't looking at you. I was thinking about something else, you know, but, but that's, that's how, that's how freely we need to just forgive, you know, cause a lot of times we're misunderstanding things. Misunderstanding is actually one of the things. Um, iniquity is one of the things that we are um, forgiven of. And that's uh, defined as trouble, weakness, sorrow, injustice, and unrighteousness. So that's iniquity. So we're forgiven of, Trouble, wickedness, sorrow, injustice, and unrighteousness. 
and we're forgiven of sin. Of course, sin. The sin, when I looked it up, sin in the Hebrew um, is defined as guilt because of offense. So sin at its root is guilt. Um, it's not actually the offense itself. It, it's the guilt that's attached to the offense. And Greek, you know, we've heard harmatia means to miss the mark. Um, so miss the mark. So if you're an archer and you don't get it in the target, you get it over to the side. That's a sin. Okay, so that's it. It also means that you don't share in the prize. So if you're running a race and you make third place instead of first place, you've sinned. That That's what sin is. You missed what was assigned for you. You missed the prize. It also just means to wander from the path or to be mistaken. So we're forgiven of our sins, meaning every time we just make a mistake, we're forgiven. So that that's what's all inclusive. Sometimes it, it's, it turns into this big hairy monster and it's really, this is, that's why we're breaking it down. So, um, so we'll, as we go on in our study over the next couple of weeks, we'll take a closer look at all these different things and how, what the word says about them specifically. But we'll go, um, we'll start opening the word today. Um, there's, when you do um, Bible study, there's a law of first mention, and which means that um, there's a technique in study that says that the first place, if you're studying about like love or forgiveness, like today, we go into the word and we look for where's the first place where that's mentioned in the word. Because a lot of times there's something that's valuable in there that gives you an understanding of the entire topic. It's not foolproof, but it is helpful to be able to get an understanding. So um, the first reference to the word forgive in the Bible is found in Genesis chapter 50, and it's in the story of Joseph. So remember, Joseph was Jacob's favorite son, and um, his brothers were jealous of him. Um, he had the coat of many colors. He had the dreams from God and everything. So his brothers beat him up, left, for, left him for dead, and then decided to sell him off to slavery. So he was he was betrayed, to say the least. Um, his life went to the Potiphar's house, where he was accused there. And then also he went to jail. And then after he went to jail, after a time there, then he was um, he was brought to before Pharaoh in um, in Egypt, and he was able to interpret a dream, and his gift opened a door for him there. And eventually he was exalted to a place like a governor, a position in Egypt. Um, he was there because he. He understood the dream. He knew that the, there was a famine that was coming. God was warning the leadership that there was a famine coming. And God gave Joseph a supernatural understanding of what the uh, tragedy was coming and how to survive and how to be sustained. So, um, so God always prepares his people. Amen. So he always has a way to sustain us. So when the famine began... Egypt had bread when nobody else did, and um, Joseph was in charge of distributing the bread. So people from all over the world came to Egypt to get fed, and among those were Joseph's brothers, these same brothers that had abandoned him and left him for dead. When they came to him, they didn't recognize him as Joseph, but Joseph knew who they were right away. You know, because, of course, Joseph was dressed as an Egyptian. He was, and he was a grown man by that time. So he didn't look like they were, they remembered him. 
Um, but they were begging for food. Joseph started giving him a, giving them a hard time, but his heart was soft and he eventually revealed himself to them. Um, he reconciled with them and, and Pharaoh invited Joseph's family to come and have the best place in Egypt. So, so, um, so they were, everything was going very well. Everything seemed to be, you know, good between them. But then Jacob died. And the brothers became afraid that Joseph was going to re- withdraw his kindness and have vengeance against them because of what they did to him. Okay. So that's where we're starting right now. And so that's where we are in, in Genesis chapter 50 in verse 15. It says, when Joseph saw that their father, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to them. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because of the evil they did to you. And now please forgive the transgression of your servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when, he, when they spoke to him. His brothers also came down and fell down before them and said, behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, do not fear, for am I, for am I in the place of God? As for you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and for your little ones. And thus he comforted them and he spoke kindly to them. So this is the first reference to forgiveness. And um, it's a place where the brothers didn't believe that that Joseph had sincerely forgiven them. So they came and um, they lied <laughs> and said, your dad said <laughs> he told us to tell you to forgive us. And, um, and then they tagged at the end and we're your servants. You know, we're, we're, you know, we're here for you. And I, I want you to take, pay attention to this because um, if you don't believe you're truly forgiven, you're going to shift over into servant mode. Okay, you are going to divest yourself of your family relationship and the prom and promise to be a servant instead. And so you be like an indentured servant, pay off your debt and everything like that. Um, the same thing happened with the prodigal son. Right. So when the prodigal son came home he and he came to himself and he said, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. That was his speech that he had rehearsed, but he didn't get a chance to finish it. By the time he got there, he's like, I'm not worthy to be called your son. And the dad hugged him, you know, and just said, Shut up. You know, he didn't let him divest himself of his relationship with him. He didn't, you know, and and I think that sometimes we we are we default back into like a servant only mode. Like I'm just here to serve God and everything like that. And because we're cowering back from true relationship with him because we don't believe that we're really forgiven. We're not really welcome in his presence. Um, we have this, this hang up that we get just because, um, because of our own guilt, what we, what we feel. And we don't, we don't realize how loved and accepted and forgiven we are. Um, and the same thing happened with Mephibosheth. <laughs> you know that guy. Um, when he, um, you know, David was looking for somebody to bless. 
And he said, somebody from Jonathan's house that I want to bless. He heard about Mephibosheth. And by that time, Saul's kingdom was taken down. He was, you know, Mephibosheth was in hiding. And when they went and um, called for him, he said, these, he, uh, David's going to want to kill me. So when he got there, he got prostrate before, before David and says, I'm your servant and I'm just a dog and everything like that. He said, I'm trying to show you kindness because of your father. I'm trying to show you goodness. I, and so often we don't see the goodness that God's trying to give to us because we try to take this, um, overtly humble route you know which which is not true humility at all true humility is agreeing with what god says about you and accepting what he says about you right okay so so going back to our story when joseph heard his brothers he affirmed them that they were already forgiven um and what they meant for evil god turned it around for good and he saved many people alive so all things are working together for good and he reassured them that their families would be taken care of god had already worked forgiveness in joseph's heart and we see that in genesis chapter 41 in verse 50 so um this is uh at this point Joseph had just gotten his position in Egypt. He had married. He started having children. And so um, the it says in verse 50, And to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came. In verse 51, Joseph called the name of the first, first one Manasseh. And the name Manasseh means, For God made me forget all my toil in my father's house. The second one he named Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in my land of affliction. So the word forgiveness is not mentioned here, but these are the fruits of forgiveness. God makes you forget the pain. God made Joseph forget the pain of what was done to him. And God also made him fruitful in the place of that pain. So God always restores. He gives us beauty for ashes. He gives us praise instead of heaviness and mourning. And so this is this is what we're looking for in a life of forgiveness. So if we look at, you know, um, um, when you do a word study, um, you you understand the Bible was not originally written in English. It was written in Hebrew and Greek. Then there are different words that are translated. Like, you know, you've all heard there are, you know, all the different words for love in Greek that we just have. I love my coffee. I love my mother. I love my spouse. And it's like it all is the same as I love this apple. You know, it's it's not the same kind of love. Well, in the same way, there are different words that are translated as forgive that mean different things. OK, so um, in the Hebrew, there are actually three different words for um, for forgive. I'm not going to try to to say them. <laughs> I was going to, but I've lost my courage. <laughs> so the first one means to cover, to purge, make an atonement, make reconciliation, or cover with pitch. And actually the first place where that is in the word was Noah when he was putting the pitch on the um, on the ark where he was covering up with tar. That's, that's one of the words for forgive. Okay. Um, the other one uh, means to lift up bear up and carry away so when god forgives our sin he lifts it up and carries it away from us so that's it he takes the burden off of our soul then there's another word um, that means to pardon to spare 
to be merciful and to show oneself gentle. So when God is showing us mercy and forgiving us, he is parting us, he's sparing us the trouble of our sin. He's uh, sparing us the penalty of our sin. And he's showing himself gentle to us. He wants us to know his kindness and his gentleness toward us. So um, in the same way, there are uh, three different Greek words that are translated as forgiveness as well. Um, the first one means to send away, which is very similar. Uh, send away, disregard, omit. So it's like um, where you're dismissed, kind of. <laughs> it's like, psh, you can go now. So that's that's the first one. Is another one means to grant pardon or frankly forgive. It's like the debt is wiped out. You're frankly forgiven. It means to do something pleasant or agreeable, um, to show favor and to gratify. Graciously give. So this has the um, connotation of it's just a it's just a gift. You know, it's rolled out to you freely. It's a gracious gift. It's given freely. It's um, and it. The motivation behind it is to restore one to another. It's to bring reconciliation. So that's the purpose of that gift of forgiveness. Um, the the final word here is actually is the only one. All these other ones are verb, verb, verbs, and this one is a noun. And so the word forgiveness in Greek means to release from bondage or imprisonment. Um, forgiveness, pardon of sins. Letting them go as if they had never been committed. It's completely gone. We are remitted of the penalty. So there's no after effects like looking for the other shoe to drop. Once you're forgiven, you're forgiven. There is no other shoe dropping. Everything is reconciled. It's brought back. So um, when Paul said, You know, in the verse that we read before, bear with one another. And if you have complaint against one another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. He was saying, frankly, forgive. That's it was the second definition. Frankly, forgive and be restored, because that's exactly what Jesus did for us. He said, wipe it out completely with one another and be restored, because that's what Jesus did for us. He frankly forgave us and he restored us into fellowship with him. So over the next few weeks, we'll walk through this gift of forgiveness. We'll look at like the difference between the uh, forgiveness in the old covenant and how it looks now to us in the new covenant. Um, we'll look at some things about um, how the evil conscience and sin consciousness condemnation gets us because sometimes we feel like it's God talking to us and telling us these things. And it's really the... Um, our own heart that condemns us. But but what did um I think John said it's like if your heart condemns you, God's bigger than your heart. God is so much bigger and he doesn't want us wearing the burden. So um we'll just end with this one verse um in Ephesians chapter four, verse thirty two, and this it kind of mirrors the Colossians one that we started with, but this is this is gonna be our cornerstone for this series. Is that be kind to one another, tender hearted forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Amen. 
Amen. Well, Father God, we just thank you for your word to us today. We thank you for blessing us. Thank you for healing us, providing for all of our needs, Lord God. And I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you continue the work. Thank you that you are the unction on the inside of us, that you are the teacher on the inside of us. And I'm asking you to break open the word even more. Father, bring it to our remembrance uh, throughout the week, Lord God, and these different places where we need to recognize your forgiveness toward us, Lord God, that we recognize who we are in you lord god and i just thank you for the mirror of your word that shows us who you are and thus showing us who we are in you lord god we just thank you lord that you you haven't treated us according to what we think we deserve lord god but you've treated us according to your tender kindness and loving mercy toward us lord god and we just thank you for that we bless you and we praise you in jesus name amen amen all right see you sunday